Welcome to an episode of Above the Game Podcast. Above the Game gives the listener an eternal perspective of faith through the lens of sports. Above the Game will feature coaches and athletes from our communities all over Southeast Missouri and beyond, sharing how faith in Jesus Christ has impacted their lives within athletics. It will also give a platform for coaches and athletes to express their faith and connect on a spiritual and personal level with others in the field pursuing a relationship with Jesus Christ. This podcast will be available on different digital platforms. We're so thankful for another avenue to share the gospel, to lead every coach, every athlete into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ and his church. You can email us at abovethegamepodcast at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Above the Game Podcast. Also on Instagram and Twitter, at FCA Above the Game. Now, let's jump right into this next episode. Hey everybody, we are back on another episode of Above the Game, and we are excited about this week. Um, well, no. uh, yeah, I'm not excited. I am thrilled. Okay, thrilled. Yeah, I am we, thrilled. We, we get like to have that Coach Corn on. Man, it's amazing. So, uh, your host Vip and Coach, and we uh, we're looking forward to what we can pull out of Coach Corn today. This is going to be interesting. Coach Brad Corn, SEMO men's basketball, Southeast Missouri State men's basketball head coach. Uh, man, we're just thrilled that you you came on today and you're you're willing to share some some nuggets of coaching, um, life application, faith, um, whatever whatever is on your heart. How you doing, Coach? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Thank you guys for for having me. Thank you for doing this. And it's always important to not only be out in the community, just other otherwise uh, off the court, but to do things like this, uh, to kind of let people in a little bit. And I know at times people only see just the player, they see just the coach, but at the end of the day, the players and the coaches are human beings and have yeah. feelings and lives so outside true. of it. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's good to be able to, you know, peel back the, the curtain or pull back the curtain a little bit and, and let people in yeah. just a little bit. So I, I'm excited to do this and, and thank you guys for doing it. Yeah. What if we start out with a, you know, some people may know your story, but I thought if we started just kind of telling like how you ended up here, that's always kind of the good question is how did I get here? Yeah. The, the crazy thing is, is I sometimes, especially when we have visits and the family sit around the table or they're in the office and they see me or they look at me, they think I could be one of the players <laughs> uh, just because I look, I do look young and I'm aware of that, which isn't a bad thing. Right. Um, but this is going into my 19th year of coaching. So it's, it's crazy to think that uh, but I played at a school down the road um, in Illinois in a university that the initials are SIUC. Yeah, don't say uh, the, you can't say those words here. That's right. Loud around here. <laughs> <laughs> but then I played at SIU Carbondale for Coach Weber um, from 99 to 2004, and I redshirted. So that was my kind of my playing career, and we had a lot of success there, and I won't, I won't dig into all that. Uh, but so right as soon as I got done playing in 04, started to wasn't sure what I was going to do with my life, like most college graduates. Yeah. I thought I had some ideas, wasn't really sure. And then the, a graduate assistant spot came open or was open at SIU under Chris Lowry then because Coach Weber went on to Illinois. Matt Painter went on to Purdue. So the opening was there and Chris Lowry came back, a former player as the head coach. And there was a graduate assistant spot open. So I went home for a couple months over the summer. And then come August when school was getting ready, session, the semester was getting ready to begin again. Um, 
he just called after a couple things worked didn't work out or worked out however you want to look at it and I just became a graduate assistant as soon as I got done playing and I was there for uh, two years then got hired on full-time as an assistant I spent seven seasons at SIU as an assistant under uh, Coach Lowry and from there went to Kansas State for one season as director of operations and then left there went to Missouri State for three years under um, Paul Lusk as an assistant and then went back to Kansas State as an assistant for four years under Coach Weber before I came here, um, what's now been two years ago. Yeah. So that's kind of been the 19-year the uh, journey to this point. Yeah, that's like, I don't know. I just know when I think about me, like I've coached, Coach Vip, you've been a little bit, but like, like it just seems like things go by fast, don't they? Yeah, I was, and the only reason I even this sticks in my head is, you know how it is, you get into the the – the cycle, the spin of being a coach is you go day to day, day to yeah. day, day to day. And then yeah. you look up and I was putting some stuff together for our guys when they came back this summer and just kind of our team meeting stuff that we were going to talk about. And so I was just kind of putting together like same type of thing, like where I've been, what, what's, you know, what have we accomplished? What have I accomplished? Yeah. All those things. And it just started doing the little list, mm-hmm. you know, the media guide list in my head. And I just was looking at it on paper. Cause you think about it and we know as coaches, you know, we can pick out certain plays that happen you know, 15 years ago. But mm-hmm. then when you actually put it on paper and look at it and it was like, it didn't even dawn on me. There was 19 years until yeah. after I put it on some paper and it was like, man, uh, cause the thing about college coaching is the kids always stay 18 to 22 year old, <laughs> yeah. but we just keep getting older. So, um, yes. you know, it was kind of cool to see it on paper and kind of, you know, just to remind yourself where you've been and what you've gone through and, you know, what led you ultimately to, to where you are. Yeah. I get this, this happened to me a lot in the last couple of years. It's like, I'll talk about something and in my mind, I'm thinking like it happened three years ago, yeah. four. And then someone would be like, no, that was like 10 years ago. I'm like, oh, mm. you're right. That or, was 10 years ago. Yeah. Man, yeah. that just went by fast. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so you talked about that. Like, I, I was curious. I think this would be a good, like, who do you think? I think I have an idea who you may go with, but who impacted your coaching the most, do you think? Yeah, and I think a lot of people would probably assume Coach Weber, yeah. Bruce Weber, um, and he and he did. Yeah. And rightfully so. He's a, he's a great man. He's a man of faith. Um, but actually... Uh, even before that was Al Grudel. Okay. Um, and Al Grudel was our long time. Uh, I went to Plano High School, Plano, Illinois, which is the west yeah. suburbs of Chicago, over kind of by Aurora, Naperville area. Uh, and Al Grudel was our assistant coach. Uh, and he, he was there forever. Uh, he still lives in Plano to this day. He comes down to games. He's followed, you know, my career. But he was one of those guys. He, he knew exactly what he was. He never wanted to be the head coach. He didn't want to deal with yeah. all the, <laughs> the headaches that come with uh, sitting in that chair. Um, and my head coach, Scott Miller, uh-huh. was his name. And uh, they just were a great match. You know, it was kind of that good cop, bad cop. Uh, and Coach Grudel, just the way he coached us, the way he connected with us. And uh, he wasn't a man of very many words, mm-hmm. uh, but he, he kept things light. Uh, uh, he was serious. We knew we knew where he was coming from all the time and that it was genuine and coming from a good place, not just of coaching, but as a, as a man and high school kids, obviously you have way more experience in that than I do. Um, so just understanding the room, understanding the locker room, understanding yeah. the player. He yeah. just, he had a really, really good temperament about him. And, um, you know, I just, as the head coach, you always have to be, you know, you have to demand, you know, coach Miller's way about running the team was different than what the assistant and coach Grudel's way of running the team was. Uh, But they were a great match and they really, I I had them all through high school and I didn't play AAU basketball. And then I went to college and I played for coach Weber for four years. So I'm kind of an outlier, a little bit of a unicorn in this day and age is I I had two head coaches for eight, 10 years. Yeah, And and the things that coach Miller and and coach Grudel taught us just with the game, 
are the same type of things and philosophies that Coach Weber, Coach Painter, Coach Lowry, Coach Lux, all those guys that I've been with and worked with taught. So that, that part was easy and I understood mm-hmm. more because they were good coaches, but also just the life aspect. Uh, Coach Girdle and his wife Joy have been uh, a big part of an influence of probably, I didn't even know it at the time, but how you got into coaching, why you coach the way that you yeah. coach and uh, the way that he went about just dealing with us, it just was, um, he, we always wanted to go to practice because it, it never seemed like it was uh, work. Yeah. Um, and so trying to keep that same type of an attitude and mentality. Yeah, that's an awesome story. Like, I think that, you know, I think about that as an assistant, you know, and, and you know, when you're around so many high school coaches and everybody's caught up in like, you know, you want to go to the next job. I'm trying to do this. I'm trying to do that. Yeah. You know, but he's such a great example. Kind of makes me want to, I want to talk to him now. Yeah. But you know, it's like, and he probably wouldn't talk to you because he's kind of that guy. Yeah. He's just reserved. Yeah. He won't, he, he's but, not going to say much. But it's like two things that you know, he knew who he was. And then you can tell like he was there because he, he loved kids, yep. relationships. Yep. And like he knew who he was. He's like, I'm happy. Why would I do anything else? Yeah, like this exactly. is giving me fulfillment because I know my purpose and what I'm supposed to be doing. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's key, right? Mission, vision, being driven, knowing purpose, right? So, coach, just a couple of things. This, this is going great, but. What, what do you feel is the toughest part of, of your faith? You know, you've mentioned some some mentors, some coaches that you've been under and, and their staff, and they've been men of faith. Um, what do you think the toughest toughest part of your faith when it comes to coaching, and how do you feel your faith helps you in your coaching? I I think the hardest part of keeping your faith in coaching is keeping your faith. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like, That's in, a good point. Just everything goes wrong uh, when you're the head coach. You know, as we talked about earlier, I obviously was assistant for – whatever it was, 17 some odd years, 16 years. And uh, you deal with your little circle or pocket of problems. But then when you become the head coach, you're, you're dealing with everyone's problems. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, it's not just the, the players on the roster, but you're talking trainers, athletic mm-hmm. directors, academics, you know, the, the, the umbrella, the tentacles go stretch far and wide yeah. when you become the head coach as an assistant, you know, you can kind of, that circle's a little bit smaller and a little bit easier to manage and deal with. So it's really just keeping your faith when all the things do go wrong. And unfortunately as a head coach, that's the, you know, it's the burden of leadership is you get all yeah. the problems and you have to delegate and solve the problems. And so it's in, if you're not organized, if you're not put together Monday's problems, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, and if you're not organized or put together or yeah. have a strong faith that you can understand and put some things into perspective, Friday's going to crush you. Yeah. And mm-hmm. then now the week two comes and you're, you yeah. know, and it so now just, it's a compound effect and it's yeah. just, yeah, you're just, you're done. You're buried with small problems and a lot of them aren't crazy or big issues. Yeah. But again, if you just the old saying of all the old sayings, right. you know, the small things, it's the little things. If you let them yeah. pile up, then you're, you're swamped. So uh, to me, it's, it's keeping the faith, um, with through all the problems uh, because anybody can be faithful and happy when things are going well yes, you yeah, know that's yeah, the, that's the easiest yeah. part it's yeah. it's when the things are going wrong or going bad or if you don't have something to lean on when because yeah. uh, all the good everyone wants to focus in on end results and in the highlights of the end of a season yeah uh, but there's a whole lot of days yeah. and hours and weeks that come in <laughs> that are before that that they didn't always end up in the in the positive end yeah. so it's it's yeah. if you're not faithful in those other moments in my opinion faithful to and that could be anything to any right. person, right. Uh, what that means. But for me, it's, it's maybe, you know, mainly being focused on that stuff, even through the, uh, the hard times and understanding that you can't do everything yourself either. Yeah. yeah. Word that comes to me is like, when you do that, I'm thinking about in your situation, think about my life. You can think about your life, VIP, probably anybody who's listening, think about theirs is it's so easy that to get in survival mode. 
Yeah. It's like all of a sudden all these things are coming and now I'm in survival mode and I've kind of lost a little bit of a focus of what I was mm-hmm. trying to accomplish. Mm-hmm. Now I'm just trying to fend off things. You know, I'm just trying to keep my head above water, much less trying to save someone else who might be going under. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's a good point that daily, like it's a daily thing. You yeah. can't get caught up on a Friday for like five days of, of lacking in whatever it is you've done. Yeah. Right. Right. It just, it just it compounds so fast. And we talked about earlier just how fast the years have gone by. Well, the yeah. days and the weeks go by even faster. <laughs> yeah. um, and I don't really like to shut my door very much in the office. And so the door is always open because I want people to be able to come in. And so you've mm-hmm. got distractions and it's, so it's, yeah. we have distractions in our life. And so how do you manage those, you know, office distractions? How do you manage life distractions? Yeah. You know, what are you centered on? What are you, you know, where are you going? As you mentioned, you know, what is, what is your vision? What is your mission? What are you trying to do? And if you have all those things that keeps you, keeps you focused. Yeah. Get, you well, and then when you get off, you know, it's kind of those guardrails. Yeah. It just, Good. you bounce, you bounce right back to where you're supposed to be going. Hopefully, right. or yeah. at least ultimately well, yeah. you'll, you'll get there. Or you'll, you'll have some people remind you real quick yeah. right? Right. in yeah. today's society. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's just how it is, but you know, what is a book you're reading right now? Which I, I think this is going to tie in, um, with a lot of things that, that we've been discussing just over the past few few episodes. Yeah. But, or a uh, book, or I, I almost think, I've just kind of felt led with, like, I want to hear about the summer of ants. Because I think one <laughs> of the things I love right now is how, you know, you're tying some things in, you know, with your team. Um, and kind of, you know, talking about the book, the same thing, but in that big idea, like what you're doing with your team. And I've heard uh, Mike Litz has bragged that he was fired up about the summer of ants. So now, like, you got high expectations here about for us to hear about it. But I think everybody wants to hear about this summer of ants. Yeah, it's, um, I, I, I am a reader. I wasn't a reader in college. I was not even a very good student to be quite honest with you. I just wasn't my, my deal, but, uh, yeah, I love to read I books. <laughs> yeah. I, I think a lot of people are that way. Um, but I do love to read books. Um, and I think kind of going on with the, the summer advances, I, I love themes. Mm-hmm. I, I love things like that. And just kind of, again, like we just talked about earlier, just keeping, keeping yourself focused and kind of having those guardrails. And when you do get off track or when you do get distracted, uh, just kind of brings you back to center and what your ultimate goal is. And so for, for me, this, you know, last summer it was a, a cement your legacy, kind of mm-hmm. the theme in the summertime. Mm-hmm. And we just tried to do a lot of things uh, off the court mm-hmm. with the guys to, to give them something, give them tools that they can take on through life outside of just basketball. Uh, but then this summer to me, it was more of a, a summer advance and it came from Proverbs six, six, eight. And it's just, it, to me, it was like, it's perfect for basketball yeah. because it's all about having no ruler, no king. You go and you work on your own and then you're doing all of this in the summertime to reap a harvest in the winter. And that's just a perfect thing for Solid. basketball. You know, we're, mm-hmm. we're working in the summer right now. We just finished our second week and we're doing all this work now. And I think as a player, you can be like, well, what are we doing all this for? We don't yeah. play, you know, we don't have a game until November. <laughs> yeah. And it's to, it's to it's preparation. Yeah, yeah. It's that yeah. you want to reap that harvest come, yeah. come December and, and January and February, March, you know, those are the winter months. And so uh, really straight from that, cause I always try to tie in a little bit of faith. And we also have the apostle Taylor, Mr. Adrian Taylor that, that speaks with our guys and yeah. uh, giving it to him and just kind of having that, try to b- always bring in a little bit of faith because obviously basketball to me is the greatest sport uh, just because you do have to lean on everybody. You know, ants, again, going back to the ants mm-hmm. thing, it's a, it's accountable now together serve has kind of been the, the acronym that I'm using for that. And we haven't dove too much into it with the team just yet. Mm-hmm. I've just kind of just put it on their plate because we still have a couple guys coming in yeah. uh, to mm-hmm. join the team. But when we do, that, that's going to be the – the thought process, you know, Love they can, that. they can that's lift a awesome. hundred times their weight. You know, it's not just one ant out there doing <laughs> yeah. it, doing its own. If they, if they don't, if, they if one care. doesn't eat, all don't eat. Yeah, come on. Um, yeah, and good. so it's just, it's a, it's all those things. And obviously yeah. you, you have the, the spiritual tie into that uh, yeah. and where that comes from. But again, also just 
you know, just together, they, they have to serve and have to survive every day. If they don't do their job that day, they probably aren't going to live. Um, and so is basketball that literal? No. <laughs> uh, but again, the theme and the thought process behind it, you know, are you, is that, can, is, if we're like that, if we play like that, if we look like a bunch of ants on the court, we're probably gonna have success. I think so. Um, and it just kind of brings every, again, brings you when you're, when you're maybe upset or you're sore or what about my shots or what about that? If you can yeah. have something again that you, we can, we can touch on real quick in that moment to, to get your mind back, focus on the things that really matter, yeah. um, which for an ant is obviously survival. survival. Um, and they're the smallest things on the planet. And so it's like, but also very important. And so that's kind of where all that, yeah. all that stuff comes in. But, um, and I didn't really necessarily get that from any book other yeah. than the book. Oh, I like the that. Book. Uh, that's a good book. Yeah. When you talk about books to read, that's the one I was going to, I'm going to like Proverbs six. I'm going to go back a little bit to, to verse six, but it says, just so you guys, if you haven't read this verse, go to the ant, O sluggard, consider her ways and be wise. Without having any chief officer or ruler, she prepares her bread in summer and gathers her food in harvest. Yeah, that's that is good. It's and, and now, solid. And, and when it? you say that, it makes me think about just how like answer those small things. But I mean, they're impossible to get rid of when they. Oh you yeah, you ain't getting yeah. rid of them. Right. Like you, know, you just leave out one little like where we feed our dog. I have to always constantly be on them because yeah. I'm like, where, where, how can an ant find this dog food? I don't understand it. You know, it's it, crazy. We're talking about this, but you know, if you, if you, you just get down and watch them ants, yeah. <laughs> if they can't carry it, they're, they'll drag it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, literally. They'll do whatever they can to get what they need because all it's all preparation. Yeah. That's, that's that's solid, Coach. Yeah. That's good stuff. We'll see if it takes hold. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Everything sounds good, right? It's like Mike Tyson. Hey. Everyone's got a plan until they get punched in the face. So Yeah. yeah. And then you can see what happens. Um, well, Coach, I was curious, too. I mean, I know we talked about faith. And uh, one last – one other question I just thought, like, is the transfer portal. You mm-hmm. know, and I just think for college coaches, I just love – anytime I'm talking to one of them – I'm always just amazed, like just the idea that like every year it's like you could have a whole new team, you know, essentially, you know, how much that changes and like, and then, you know, 10 years ago, coaches would have been in a whole different mentality with their timing and how they recruit and all of that stuff. So like, I, I would love just to hear your thoughts and like, one, I'd like to hear kind of two things is one, obviously it's made it more challenging in some parts, but then two, have you found a benefit or what positives have you found from the way things are? Um, how long is, how long is the, how long does this podcast run? Uh, this could be a topic we could go, I may go, I may just vent here and just start rambling. Um, you know, I was upset about the portal for about four or five days. Yeah. Uh, to be honest with Mm -hmm. you, we got hit by it pretty good this year. Uh, we had eight guys in the portal. We brought eight new players in. And so I kind of joke with our returning guys that they're the fab five. So we only returned (laughs) five guys from last year's team. And, um, so I, like I said, I was upset about it for about the first four or five days. Um, and not necessarily upset that players left because we've graduated nine guys in two years here. Wow. And so I think that this was kind of the perfect storm of the portal COVID, you know, three of our guys that left, um, or that went in the portal, they graduated, three of them graduated and they have an extra year of eligibility because of COVID. Yeah. And so I don't, I don't look at that as, as a negative, yeah. uh, if you will, these kids went through cotton swabs in their nose for every for two weeks um hourly not knowing if you're going to get to play some of these kids were told hours before the game they couldn't play and they were perfectly Mm -hmm. healthy so i think again there's a whole lot of factors that go into that to where i don't hold them to a standard of like oh well you just quit on so you just left no they graduated they fulfilled their obligation to semo they're they're graduates of semo Mm -hmm. and they have an extra year because of those things and that's what the ncaa allowed and and we played through and we pushed through and we helped turn 
Um, you know, the first year was, was to change the image and the perception of what SEMO men's basketball was. And we did that through that mm-hmm. year with those players. Yeah. Uh, and so I, I don't, I don't take it as a personal thing on that level. I take it as a prideful thing that they graduated uh, and they just happened to have an extra year of eligibility because of COVID. If it wasn't for COVID, they'd have just been graduated and we would have celebrated them leaving and helping us turn the program around. So focus on what they did do for us and not hold the extra year that they they had that option. That's good. Um, and to me, they, they fulfilled what they were supposed to do here. And so you're going to always have some other guys that leave because they want bigger roles or they want, and that's, and that's fine. Um, the only thing, I, only thing I guess I'll add to that is that I think that a lot of times we talk about the portal and everyone blames the kids for going in the portal. Well, to me, there's two things that people never talk about when it, when it pertains to the portal. Mm-hmm. One, the NCAA created it. Yeah. And no one ever bashes the NCAA for creating it. They created it. They created the fifth-year grad transfer rule. They're mm-hmm. the ones that created that. And then secondly, the a lot even though they're 18 to 22-year-olds and I'm a grown man, they're not grown men. They're becoming grown men. So they're getting advice from somewhere. So to me, it's the parents, advisors, AAUs, high school, whomever in the NCAA. Those are the two people and the two entities that don't ever seem to get the blame. The kid gets the blame, mm-hmm. rightfully so, wrongfully so, I don't know. But the parents or the advisors and the NCA are the ones that have the NCA created it for them. Mm-hmm. And then the parents have either allowed it or told them, hey, yeah, this is a good thing for you to leave because you can. When they maybe should be saying, hey, let's look at everything here considered. Yes. You lead the team in scoring, you lead the team in minutes, you lead the team. You're not going to maybe do that at the next spot. So is this the best decision? Or are these parents, advisors, people telling them, yeah, let's get out of there because you need to average 20 instead of 18. Yeah. And I think that's a, a big part that's not getting talked about is we want to put everything on the 18 to 23 year old, the 22 year old. And maybe, maybe so, maybe not, but they're also getting influenced and pushed by other ways that was ultimately created by the NCAA. So there's enough blame if you want to blame to go around. Um, and ultimately it just, again, those old sayings, the water the grass you're standing on you know and it's just unfortunately the society the world we live in tells you not to do that and to always go to the next thing and so it's again i spent i told you i was gonna ramble but i spent about four or five days being upset about it but then at the same time it's like well now you're okay you it's not going anywhere um we're not all of a sudden semo's not all of a sudden going to be a power five school in the next year the next 10 years the next 20 years the next 50 years ever so now what can we do with our program and what we have to our benefit, right? You know, we can sit here and cry and whine and and complain all we want, but that's not going to change anything. You know, we're going to probably continue to lose Mm -hmm. players to the portal. It's just the way it goes. We we don't have the resources that other people do. And so if those are the things that you want that have nothing to do with basketball, the reasons you're leaving aren't basketball reasons. The reasons you're leaving are monetary um, or uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Just uh, external, right? Yeah, external just the, outside of the game. You know, but yeah. if, if what you really came to school for was to play basketball, yeah. you got that. playing basketball doesn't change whether you're mm-hmm. playing basketball in right. Seymour or you're playing basketball in the Power Five. If yeah. that's, you know, if, the, if that's the main thing that you went to school for, yeah. you know, all the external things, all the, all the bells and whistles – Right. aren't necessarily what's going to make yeah. you happy at the that end of the day. That could be a whole other podcast right. that we could talk yeah. about. Sure that, what you said, I, I thought that sticks out. Like those, It frustrates me at any point when I hear kids getting advice, and I'm like, people getting advice, like they have no risk. Like They're not, the, they're not going to be the ones punished like, no this, if this doesn't work out well. Yeah. Yeah. And then you're telling this kid to go do something, and you're like, I don't know if that's in his best interest. Right. Yeah. You know, I'm not right. sure that that is like where he is going to work out for him. Yeah, yeah. I, I, that is good. You know, and it, how important is this is kind of shift gears there a little bit, but how important is mentorship? 
How important is it, uh, strong advising, having people around you? I, it, it's, I've, I've learned more and more. That's the beautiful thing about coaching. Mm-hmm. Just, I mean, like I said, 18 years or whatever it was, and we've had, I've, I've had some success. We've had some failures. Um, I've been fired, and it's probably the best year even though it was the worst right. year, just because that's where I learned the most. And I just, yeah. I learned a lot last year that, and that's, again, we've got, we have certain people, you know, Coach Litz, mm-hmm. Coach yourself. I talked about Apostle Taylor, just trying to equip the guys with as many people as possible because they may not always feel comfortable coming to me. You know, I'm yeah. the one that has to hold them to a certain standard. And so I can't, I've got to have a good relationship with everybody on the team, but it can't be the same relationship uh, right. that I may have had as an assistant because at the end of the day, I'm the one that has to drop the hammer. And so mm-hmm. that's always going to come with a different type of a relationship. Uh, so again, the more people that you can have around them, yeah. especially now when, when everything is telling them that they might have something wrong with them and, and you never want to make light of, yeah. anyone's situation because it's a real thing. But mm-hmm. now can you have other people around you that you can go talk to if you don't feel comfortable talking to me or you don't feel right. com- comfortable talking to the assistants? You know, yeah. is there someone outside of basketball that you would feel more comfortable talking to? Yeah. And so the more that, and I think that's the beautiful thing about Southeast Missouri, about Cape Girardeau, about SEMO is that we have those people that are willing to invest yeah. their time um, with our with our young people around the game for, no, for nothing. You know, it's obviously just it's a servant type of a, of a leadership and right. we have those people here which is which is yeah critical it's awesome yeah yeah i agree with that totally um so what is like let's get to this before we get to that last question so what is the positives you found about the portal how like because I, I feel like to me now this is on the outside yeah, yeah, looking yeah. in we're not really talking spiritual just like just the fact you've signed really good players when you lost the other ones you know what i'm saying and then i would say this too like because i know you brought this up but if Someone's out there and they're like, man, Simo lost those guys. I'm like, well, just look around. Everybody's losing guys in the portal. Like, yeah. it's not like it's just like you can be like, oh, well, this school's immune to you know, losing people in the portal. Everyone is losing people in the portal, like left and right. Even Power Five lose people in the portal. Yeah. And I'm just amazed. Like, why, why would you leave there? Like, yeah. that always perplexes me. So everybody's dealing with that. So, Coach, what do you think? I, uh, again, I, I was upset. Like, what are we going to do? We have five guys on the roster. And it was a little bit of a trickle effect here with us. You know, mm-hmm. one week we lost this guy, then the next week we lost this one, then the next week we lost this one. So yeah. it just was, I'd rather just, you know, rip the Band-Aid off, yeah. you know, just, <laughs> um, so that part was a little bit challenging. Uh, but again, you're, you're able to find guys that maybe you recruited early on mm-hmm. and, and you weren't able to get them because they went to a so-called higher place than C1. Now you're able to get them back because they went to that higher place and didn't play as much as maybe as they wanted mm-hmm. to. And so now they come here, maybe we're you know, as a coach or selfishly, because I only see it from Simo's lens. It's like, well, you should come here because you'd be really good for us. And so now you're getting those guys coming back. Um, you're getting guys that, or at least we have this year, you're getting guys that may have been hurt, unfortunately, mm-hmm. the year prior. And so they didn't mm-hmm. get a lot of minutes. And then someone else came in, you know, alongside with them. And so now, again, they're in a situation where they may not have a lot of film, where they weren't, they didn't have that opportunity to put mm-hmm. up 17, 18 points a game because they were hurt. So, um I think those are the ways that you can you can turn it and you can flip it and your roster can get um, just like kids make mistakes. Coaches make mistakes mm-hmm. in recruiting, yeah. and so you may have recruited a kid that may wasn't he wasn't good enough. And now I haven't done this yet since I've been here. I just told a kid to leave because he's not good enough. I know that happens a lot in in our business. Um, but a kid may have been here and been like, you know what, I'm not playing as much as I want, so I just want to leave. And you're like, I don't think that's a bad idea because you probably weren't going to play. Mm-hmm. And right. so now you mm-hmm. can, you can, you're, the yeah. depth of your roster can get better. And I think that we've been able to do that a little bit here is I think the depth and the talent of our roster has gotten better 
through the portal, which otherwise probably wouldn't have happened. So it, it can go both ways. And um, as you said, it's it's that way for everybody across the country. You yeah. know, Belmont lost five star, now three to graduation, but they lost two of their best players, which in typical Belmont years, those guys would have been coming in as sophomores or juniors, and you wouldn't have been able to beat Belmont yeah. for the next three years just because mm. those guys are out there as 20, 21, 22, 23, and now those guys are gone. Yeah. You know, one guy went to Florida. I think another guy went to Georgia or something. Or, you know, so it's just it, it has affected every program on every every level. So, again, you can either make excuse yeah. or, or make something then, happen. Yeah, make it work. Yeah. I know one thing, like, I won't say it's a positive, but, you know, Northwest went in – they might have won four or five in a row. Now, I think it's four in the last five years, whatever it was. But, you know, two years ago, they had that, and I forgot his name, but the six, seven kid that could really play. And then I think he went to Creighton. Mm-hmm. He's a really good player there. So, from a, a basketball fan, it's kind of exciting that you know, like a kid like him, that you think, like, he's a really good player. He just, you know, Northwest got him. You know, he stayed developed and he gets a chance to go to Creighton. And you're like, okay, yeah, I was right. He is a really good player. Like, he can play at a higher level. I think that's the thing that's amazed me lately is watching just how many kids have been at a D2 level and they go D1 and they're really, a, they're still a good player. Cause I know as a high school coach, one of my frustrations here and people talk about what level they think they want to play at. And I'm like, all of them have really good players. Yeah. Like as, I don't, as long as the level is free. <laughs> yeah. Like you, all of them are really okay. good players. A scholarship is a scholarship yeah. and, and so many people get lost in that. And I don't, people don't realize how good division two basketball is. No. Yes. Uh, and especially division two, there may be certain reasons why a, a particular player mm-hmm. can't stay at division one. You know, whether it be off the court, academically, whatever the case may be. So talent really has nothing to do with level. Yeah. Well, Coach, one one more question we just kind of want to leave you with is, like, what's God telling you at this time or this stage of your life, do you feel like? Uh, We've kind of talked and touched on some things. Um, Again, it's more of just leaning on uh, um, just when you don't know what the answers are. That's good, Uh, yeah. And I, I have a young family. My daughter just turned, my youngest just turned eight yesterday and uh, oldest is 11. And and when you move, we've moved one, two, three, four or five times and moving is hard Mm -hmm. in general, but moving is hard when you're, you've kind of are in athletics because my, my life and yearly schedule is regimented to do X, Y, Z every single day. And, Mm -hmm. um, it's hard for your family to move. So it's like, you're sitting here wondering, like, was it coming to seem of the right thing? You know, did I mess my kids up? You know, are they, are we okay? Uh, And so it's just, it's just believing and trusting that all of your things prior have led you to where you're supposed to be. Um, you know, you plan and you work so hard. Oh, I want to be head coach. I want to be head coach. I want to be a head coach. Um, and we had talked a little bit about it earlier. Just, um, you know, since I've been here, I've read, hand me another brook, uh, hand me another brick. Yeah. Um, a great book, you know, and just the book of Nehemiah and just how he, there was something that he wanted to do. He wanted something so bad, but it was, it wasn't his timing. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it was God's timing. And, uh, and all he did the whole time was pray. And then when his opportunity came, he was ready for it. He had a plan and he executed the plan. Uh, but he, it wasn't until he was ready. And I think I, I just, it hit me so hard when I read that because it's like, yeah, I wanted to be a head coach, want to be a head coach, want to be a head coach and nothing happened. And you interview and you don't get a job. And then all of a sudden you get the one that you have and then you're able to hopefully execute, hopefully we're able mm-hmm. to execute, but there was a plan and a, and a timing of it all that you just have to trust and, and believe. And um, I think that's been the main thing. And the, the probably the thing that I take away from everything and, 
Uh, I can't control everything. And, you know, when things are going bad, when they're going good, it's easy to, to point to the sky when things are going great. You know, I've, I don't know if I've seen Steph Curry point to the sky when he misses a three or he misses a free throw. You know what I mean? So it's it's easy to have faith when everything is going well. It's when yes. your things aren't going well. And although I feel we've been we're on the right trajectory as a program goes, um, there's been some hard times and some hard days. And so finding people like you guys and, and Coach Litz and the group that I've been able to be around and be with um, has really been helpful. Uh, to me and, and keep things centered and, and keep plugging away and knowing that you're doing the right things. Um, the results will come and not be result driven, just be process driven and, and day to day driven. And uh, that's kind of where I'm at with, with everything. And, um, and it probably goes back even, even further coaches when in 08, I was diagnosed with cancer. I was just, you know, we were just come off a of sweet 16 at SIU. Mm-hmm. Um, no kids, you know, life is great. I'm this hot shot assistant coach. And I think God just, said, you know what, I'm going to get you before you get yourself and just whack me upside the head with, with some skin cancer. And ever since then, I've just kind of been just really, very humbled and appreciative of the things that you do have. And um, again, it just goes, I think it just all goes back to that and just continue to grow in your faith and just understanding that there is something out there bigger than you and uh, you're not doing it on your own. And yeah. um, I think that was probably the biggest takeaway. And to kind of have that perspective, um, you know, it's been a, a very positive thing, not just in basketball, but just in life as well. Awesome. That's good. That's awesome. Yeah. Oh, that's great. God will definitely like if, I won't say like as my dad used to say, you're getting a little too big for your britches. Yeah. I'll straighten you out. And I feel like God <laughs> sometimes, I feel like I can think of multiple times in my life, I'm thankful he did it before it got too bad. Yeah. He straightened yeah. me out before it got too bad. He's good at that, isn't he? He's good at that. Coach, it's been awesome. Yes, it's been yep. great. It's been amazing. I appreciate you coming on. Thankful that you uh, connected with us and, and we're, uh, we're, we're cheering for you. Yeah. You know, we, uh, we appreciate what you do here at the university and just this area. Yeah. I think it's, it's amazing. Um, what season are you in right now? Be the beginning of the third. Beginning of the third season. Yeah. So, yeah. uh, we're excited about this year. And coach was, you guys talked, you was actually talking last week of some of the ones that have been transferring in. So yeah. there's some, uh, some interest generating, man. Some, so we're, we're excited. And, uh, man, um, let's shift gears and, if you uh, if you want to connect with us right here on Above the Game, you can email us above the game podcast at gmail.com. Um, you can message us on on Facebook, get a hold of us on Twitter, whatever the case may be. We'd love to talk with you. We'd love to hear from you. So if you've been following us um, for the past few weeks, and maybe there's a topic that you would like to to hear talk about, um, let's join in the conversation together, and uh, let's live life above the game. Till next till next week. God bless you. Thank you for connecting today on Above the Game Podcast. We pray that you was able to hear something and maybe have a takeaway and add it to your game. These podcasts will be available on multiple digital platforms. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Buzzsprout, and many more. We're so thankful that you was able to connect with us as we simply use this as another avenue to share the gospel to lead every coach and every athlete into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. You can contact us once again through email, abovethegamepodcast at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Facebook and also our Instagram and Twitter account, at FCA, Above the Game. Thank you so much. Until next week, God bless.